What is up, everybody? My name is Josh Migliori, and you are listening to episode four of the Running the Paths podcast. Welcome back, guys. Uh, it has been, well, it's been a week. <laughs> uh, and a week it has been. Uh, if you follow the podcast on Instagram or me on any social media, you might have seen that uh, this week started off with a bang. Uh, my job that I do other than this, uh, which this isn't really a job, I would say, not yet anyways, but uh, I am a field engineer in a commercial construction and I took a pretty big fall Monday, let's put it at that, and uh, I fucked up my ankle pretty good. So um, like I said, this week started off really well. <laughs> Uh, put kind of a damper and a hold on upcoming YouTube videos. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna update that as as soon as I know how bad this thing is, but we will know tomorrow, <laughs> hopefully. But uh, yeah, episode four, here we are, and uh, we've got a good one. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, if you are a sports fan or a New England fan uh, or you know, Florida, Kansas City, whatever, you know. If you like sports, you know that the Super Bowl is this weekend. And the Super Bowl is the creme de la creme of sports entertainment. Uh, this year, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Kansas City Chiefs and Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> uh, yeah, horrible announcer voice. Uh, that's why I don't do it. <laughs> uh, as a New England Patriots fan, uh, I grew up in the Tom Brady era, and uh, he is the GOAT. And as much as it pains me to see him on another team and going to the Super Bowl with another team, uh, I'm not. I'm rooting against him this year because uh, of spite, and I, you know, I'm just gonna hold a grudge because I wish he stayed. But you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, so this year we have the Super Bowl, just like every year. And every year, people, millions and millions and quite possibly billions of people consume a fuck ton of food. And those types of foods, uh, let's say they tie themselves into football and sports themselves. So this week, I decided, why not do an episode not only geared towards the Super Bowl, but geared towards the foods that we all have come to love and obsess over year after year, whether you're watching football or hockey or basketball, whatever it is. Uh, I, I thought that we would touch on the origins of some foods specifically where they came from, how they, you know, tied themselves to certain sports. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I came across that I, I didn't know. Some stuff I did, but didn't know very well. And, and some stuff that, you know, we all have come to know through legends and stories if it's in your hometown. Um, I picked two specific items, the, the most popular, I would say, to touch on specifically and uh yeah let's get into it so every year 
when, you know, Super Bowl pops up, we have this certain type of food and we eat a fuck ton of it. And I mean a fuck ton of it. Uh, As of last year, 1.4 billion of these items were consumed during the Super Bowl alone. Let me say that again. 1.4 billion of these items were consumed in one Sunday. That is fucking crazy. It's also really good. And that item is the buffalo wing. So... As some of you might know, and you know, most of you might know this, most of you might not know this, the buffalo wing comes from none other than, drum roll please, Buffalo, New York. Uh, There are a couple of different stories that have come out that, you know, tie themselves to who created it, where did it come from, blah, blah, blah. Everyone wants to say that they started something first. Um, The most credible story starts back in 1964, uh, a family-owned restaurant that goes by the Anchor Bar. Now, I've been to Buffalo a couple of times, and I've been to the Anchor Bar, and I will say they have some really good wings. Uh, It's a great establishment. Um, And yeah, they are the so-called creators of the Buffalo Wing, Um, at least by evidence and stories and undisputed claims that have come up. So we're just going to say that the Anchor Bar and the family that owned it are the creators. Now, The official story of how they came to be Buffalo Wings, you know, the I've read some articles that talked to the husband who said that he had received a shipment of chicken wings instead of chicken parts like breast, thighs, legs, whatnot. And he didn't know what to do with them. And they decided to create the quote unquote buffalo wing. But the story that most people, at least that I've talked to and from what I've read, is from the son. And the son says that him and a couple of his buddies back in 1964 had a couple drinks and came back to the bar and asked their mom, Teresa, to whip them up something good. So she grabbed uh, chicken wings and decided to mix up a bunch of spices, which would now be the buffalo sauce ingredient. Uh, I don't know exactly what they use for spices. Uh, I couldn't find a specific article that said, you know, broke down the ingredients of what she had used, but... My guess would be some cayenne pepper, hot sauce, and a shit ton of butter. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they came back to the bar. They were fucking hammered, and they asked their mom, Hey, mom, whip up some stuff for us. We're hungry. And uh, she decided to make this concoction, serve it with some blue cheese dressing and some celery. And these guys fucking loved it. And from there, they decided to sell this. And it became this huge hit. I mean, look at it, Buffalo Wings, and how much of a staple they are to not just sports, but 
football itself. I mean, when you hear football food and snacks, wings is the top item. I, I don't really know of any other food in sports other than maybe, you know, ballpark nachos. But I mean, that's, that's, I, I don't think that would top Buffalo wings. And uh, anyways, we're, we'll get to the nachos. But yeah, Buffalo wings. They are the top food when it comes to football. Um, it is a Buffalo staple. They celebrate Chicken Wing Day every year on July 29th since 1977. Uh, I love wings. I love them more than most regular foods. They are crispy, meaty, uh, any sauce you put on them, uh, it's incredible. Uh, I shouldn't say any sauce, but um, if we're sticking in the realm of palatable sauces, I would say that wings lends itself very well to taking on sauces and bumping up the flavor. Um, you can't fucking go wrong with chicken, uh, especially when it's on the bone. When you cook anything really on the bone, you're you're introducing more flavor, and it's just it's crazy. But again, to celebrate a food every year for God forever, it seems 1977. That's fucking forever ago. But to celebrate something that is is such a, a huge part of what makes your town your town i mean as a as a foodie and a food lover i i mean there are countless articles and food reviewers and people that you know love the buffalo bills and what have you they will travel to buffalo new york and try out not only the anchor bar but a ton of different bars and restaurants in the surrounding area in that in that city to taste what is this food that makes this town. It's almost like this gold trophy that everyone in that town holds up with pride. And uh, other than this year, the Buffalo Bills have been fucking atrocious. So good for them for having something other than a shitty football team to be proud of. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, as you know, we grow as a society year after year, especially since the 60s and food becomes more of a, a mainstream thing, the buffalo sauce, it gets tweaked. People add different peppers, add little or more butter. Um, they, they try to outdo a restaurant that they had or they try to outdo or redefine a recipe that they know. And then there's... The thing that most people do when food becomes such a mainstream and a hot item is they try to take it to another level. And I think the wing especially benefited from this. Uh, I think that it turned out restaurants like Buffalo Wild Wings, Wingstop. Um, and again, those are, I know that they're nationwide. I know that there are some other wing restaurants in certain areas of different cities and states throughout the country. But I think that those types of restaurants have taken the wing and transformed it into something that it's incredible. I mean, they've just made it such a popular hot item that your whole uh, 
restaurant is is based around that one thing and if you are going to do something like that it better be fucking good and uh, i mean i fuck with buffalo wild wings they are uh they are delicious <laughs> um but like I was saying is once a, a food becomes mainstream and people want to kick it up another notch, they're going to start introducing new flavors and new additions into it. You know, there's the big debate of if you eat your wings with buffalo, uh, not buffalo, blue cheese or ranch. Now, I am team blue cheese through and through, not to say that I don't like ranch. I think ranch is delicious, but there there's something about the the funkiness of that cheese and the the sour cream and the mayo and everything that goes into that that dressing or that dipping sauce that just lends itself to making that wing even more delicious. Now, wings themselves, I could eat them plain it doesn't matter i don't need blue cheese or whatnot but that's just my palate that's just my opinion some people beg to differ and some people are just wrong you know they go with ranch <laughs> um but yeah there there are those teams quote unquote uh you see it all over the internet but again it doesn't really matter per se because it's all about what you like and what you want out of food um, with the the different dipping sauces comes different flavors now um, buffalo is the the top of the list there for the most popular flavor uh, i would say that number two and sometimes in other people's opinion this might favor number one uh, teriyaki uh, that flavor is something that I think some people might turn to instead of buffalo. I don't know why. Uh, I love teriyaki. I love teriyaki wings. Uh, I'm a big uh, Asian fusion, Korean style uh, lover, I guess. That's the word. I, I think those sauces are just uh, top notch there. I, I would douse anything in, in Korean barbecue sauce. Um, but... Yeah, teriyaki, I think, is something that people turn to if they don't want super spicy or they don't want something, you know, buttery flavored, uh, which is fine, you know. But in my opinion, as much as I like teriyaki, I'm never going to put it above Buffalo. I mean, that's that is the original. That's the Babe Ruth of of Buffalo wing sauces. I mean, the name Buffalo wing has buffalo in it so it's hard to argue that that sauce doesn't take the the gold medal there so um with that said again uh, i think that the story's great uh, I, I i've read some other articles that may contradict this story but with my diving in on where it came from and looking at again undisputed claims and and whatnot and interviews with people that were there around the time Anchor Bar decided to start selling these things. It just, this is the story that I wanted to, to go with because I, I wouldn't want to make a podcast about this and, and spew out some shitty story about some no-name place or somebody that just lied. So, um, yeah, so the Buffalo Wing.
is the gold standard when it comes to football. Um, the other food that I had touched on briefly a few minutes ago that I think it doesn't necessarily tie itself to football alone. I think broadly around the sport and it, especially when you're in the arena or or anywhere surrounding the field or, or just in general, I think this food lends itself to being a, more of a staple to things like baseball and in park experience. And, and what I'm talking about is the nachos. Um, you could ask my wife uh, if I could pick one meal to eat for the rest of my life nachos would be it other than probably burgers nachos are in my opinion the complete definition of incredible <laughs> um, there is just something about crispy tortilla chips smothered in cheese and a meat of your choice the spiciness of a jalapeno or a serrano pepper uh, queso cheese that uh, and tomatoes, black beans, lettuce, sour cream, add whatever the fuck you want onto it, but especially the cheese, the meat, and, and the, the jalapeno pepper, I think that it just creates this ultimate flavor combination that I can't find anywhere else. And I think, again, that is why the nachos especially have been around for so long and they fall into the category of food to eat in an arena or a, a ballpark or a stadium, uh, whatever it is, uh, stadium food. I, I think other than something like a, a hot dog, which is just a bunch of shit smashed into a casing and thrown into a bun. And again, I'm not trying to knock hot dogs because that shit is awesome, but I think when it comes to nachos, it is something someone's going to go for over that. Whether you're at a baseball game, football game, hockey game, whatever. I think that that is something that you would choose nine times out of ten over a hot dog. Um, it, and again, if you've been to you know a ballpark or a stadium for whatever sport you're watching... Uh, the nachos there, they're not that good, but it's its something about when you eat it there and I think the environment and the, uh, the scenario that you're in, you're watching a big sports game and the, the crowd's fucking going wild and you're just enjoying yourself. You might have had a couple beers or some wine. Uh, you might not have, you just might like it, but you get those kind of almost stale chips in this really crappy microwavable nacho cheese and cheese is a, a term very loosely used when describing that and uh you get you know this canned salsa that's just basically flavorless but something about it when you're there and you're eating it, it you're almost like trying to tell your taste buds this is good this is really good keep eating it keep eating it. i got a lot more chips here and this nacho cheese where did this nacho cheese cr come from is is this gourmet i gotta look at the label <laughs> but um besides all that I, I again i think 
when the big game comes on and it's the Super Bowl, not just, you know, week seven and your team's doing shitty and you're having a couple of your buddies over for the game and, you know, that type of food, one, it's easy to make. Two, if you want to make a fuck ton of something other than, you know, wings, again, that's going to take a little bit more time. And this kind of lends itself to the point is if you want something quick, you want a ton of it and you want something that's really simple to, to make nachos is, is a no brainer there. I, I mean, I make them pretty often and I add all this different shit and I, I try to outdo myself every, every week or every year for the Super Bowl, So it's going to add some more time. But you know, if you're the regular person that you may not necessarily even love cooking, but you want to make something for your friends when they come over for the big game, nachos is, is I would say number one or two next to the wing or, you know, maybe guacamole, that would be something easy to make. And, um, it was pretty easy and it's such a simple, uh, item that was made back when it started. Now, this story is, there is no debating it. This is the story of where the nachos came from. Um, I believe it was 1940. Let me look this real quick. Uh, 1943. Uh, and this was in a small town just outside or across the border, I should say, uh, of Eagle Pass, Texas. There was a restaurant um, and there was a guy. Let's see if I can pronounce his name correctly. Uh Ignacio Ananya and Ignacio will go by the name Nacho and uh, a, f- a few women visited his restaurant. Uh, they were over across the border for shopping and they asked Nacho to whip them up something off the menu uh, that would be delicious. And so he decided to take Tortilla chips, fry them up in vegetable oil, cover them with longhorn cheddar cheese and sliced jalapenos. And as soon as that dish hit the table, these women lost their shit on how delicious this meal was. Um, From there, that meal was not meal, I should say. Again, depends on how big the plate is. But uh, that item was then later added to their menu and grew to be this huge item that everyone wanted to put on their menu. Uh, and it was named the nachos. So, uh, as you can see, nachos started off pretty simple. It was just cheese and jalapenos. There was no meat. There were no black beans. There was no salsa. There was no lettuce. There was no fucking queso cheese, which I mean, I wish there was, but again, this is something that's starting again, back in the 1940s. Um, and this back then that was different. That wasn't something that was normally on menus. And again, just like the Buffalo wing, once items like this in food become a hot commodity that everyone wants and everyone starts to add them to their menu and their restaurants, it becomes more mainstream. And when things become more mainstream, they get boring really quick. So people decide to start adding things and start tweaking things and, and changing different items that were on the original 
to make it in their opinion and their customer's opinion as something better, uh, which would lend itself to be the reason why things like, again, black beans, refried beans, different types of peppers, different types of cheeses, more cheese. And again, more cheese is never enough cheese. <laughs> but um, things like that, guacamole, sour cream, lettuce, things like that were added to this item to make it better. Uh, and I think that's where the original nacho became what we know as the original nacho. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, you look at the appetizer menu and you look at where nachos is, it's going to have the same ingredients on it no matter where you go. Um, and I swear to God, if I find one restaurant that adds black olives to nachos, I decide right then and there, I'm not getting the nachos. I fucking hate black olives. I don't like green olives. I just don't like olives. And I definitely do not like when someone adds them to nachos. Why in God's name would anyone think to add that to such a, a, a precious food? It's, it is disgusting. And that this is the one thing that I will die on the hill for. If you like black olives on that, good. That's your opinion. But I think you're fucking wrong. <laughs> so, um, yeah, with that, again, nachos, it, it is top tier in my opinion. I think that if you are looking for something to make for the big game, this is the hot item to make. Uh, there are countless recipes, whether you're on Pinterest or Google. Hell, you could even probably scroll through your Facebook feed after listening to this podcast and Big Brother will probably take the word nacho and fit it into your algorithm. And right after you listen to this, if you scroll through your Facebook page, it's probably going to be a nacho recipe just for you. Um, but, uh, you know, in my opinion, I think that the perfect nachos would be one uh, tortilla chips. If you can find the thin and crispy ones, that's just my opinion. I think they go great. Um, they're kind of like that restaurant style. I don't like when stores or companies sell a bag of tortillas that say restaurant style and they're just thick and stale and gross. Like that is that is not what a, a tortilla chip should be. Um, I've learned that if you look for cantina style, uh, I don't know why, but uh, if you look for that style of chip, in my opinion, uh, that is the chip to go for. Uh, meat wise protein, I would say I would stick to something simple like either ground beef. You could even, if you want to be fancy, look at ground bison, um, or just chicken, just roast up a piece of chicken breast or chicken thigh, throw some seasoning on it. Um, they even sell little taco seasoning packs. If you're not a cook and you don't have a plethora of different seasonings in, in your cabinet, just, you know, find a taco seasoning pack or just go get some paprika, some cayenne pepper, um, some cumin, and, and just toss it in that, and, and you're good to fucking go. Um, cheese, you can use a number of different things. I wouldn't use something like mozzarella. If you want that that stringiness and that pull when you, when you pull the chip off, I would go with something like a Munster, but I wouldn't solely go with that. I would look for more something like Munster and a cheddar, or Munster and a Colby Jack and a cheddar. I mean, it's cheese, guys. It's not rocket science. 
If you want to add five different cheeses, add five different cheeses. If you want one, it doesn't matter. It's your it's your meal. Do whatever you want. But in, if you want to go with my opinion, I would use a Munster for the stringiness. Go with a cheddar for that sharp taste. Um, and then go with something like a Colby Jack to kind of even things out. Um, for toppings, if, again, you're not a big spice person, I think pickled jalapenos, it's going to give you a little bit of that bite, but it's not going to blow your palate out and have you drinking milk looking like you did hot ones. <laughs> but uh, if, if you can't do jalapenos, banana peppers or, or anything like that, or even just a, a, a green or red bell pepper, something in the pepper family is, is fine. Uh, but if you, if you can deal with with pain and, and the, the bite of a pepper, uh, you know, go with a raw jalapeno, de-seed or leave the seeds in it. It's your choice. Um, if you're looking to be bold and, and fancy, go with something like a Serrano. Um, but again, this is all to what you want to do, but I just figured I'd give you some options to look at, uh, as well as if you want to go with extras, you know, you can't go wrong with some sour cream and some black beans and a little bit of lettuce on top just to make it look healthy because you're going to be drinking a ton of beer or alcohol or wine, or maybe you don't drink and you're just going to be drinking a fuck ton of soda. Either case, you're going to wake up Monday morning. You're probably going to feel like shit. Um, but in either case, if you want to make it quote unquote, look healthy, Throw some lettuce on there. Throw some tomatoes. Uh, I know plenty of stores have salsa in the can or in the tub. Throw whatever the hell you want on there at that point. But as long as you've got your cheese, you've got your protein, and you got a good chip, you can't go wrong there, guys. Uh, but uh, as far as wings go, in my opinion, if you want to do wings... Um, I would prepare yourself to start doing it before people start coming over, at least on the cooking front. Now, this is going to get into a little more work than just opening up a bag and dumping it out on a pan. But, uh, you know, if you're looking to, to step up your cooking level and, and, and win one over with your buddies, um, you can do them in the oven. They're not going to get as crispy but you can still cook them all the way through, toss them in whatever sauce that you make. It might be shitty, it might be not, but hell, you know, six beers deep and, and crappy buffalo sauce tastes just like the real thing, you know? So um, in either case, you can do it that way. You know, the air fryer is such a, a huge item in everybody's household nowadays. They're pretty cheap. They're, they're a well-rounded item that you know you can get one for 50 bucks 60 maybe 70 i don't i don't know i don't have them pulled up but they're pretty cheap i'm i'm positive they sell them for under $100 and again if you're looking to do something on the day of the super bowl and you want a nice crispy wing and you don't want to take a pan and fill it up with a vat of oil and heat it up to 350 degrees and then you're like what the fuck am i supposed to do with all this oil after um, air fryer, I think is the best way to go here. Um, you'd have, you'd honestly have to look up a bunch of different recipes to kind of figure out what kind of crispiness you want and what air fryer heats it to a certain level. I don't, I don't know you, all those things, they run off different temperatures and you can put them on for 20 minutes and 
like the recipe says, and they're not going to be right. And you're going to leave them in there for 45 and you take them out and they're burnt. Uh, It's just, it's too much of a fucking hassle. So I, if, if you're looking to do it in the air fryer, look up your type of air fryer that you have, find a recipe that coincides with it and just go from there. Um, Cooking's not, you can't put it to a, a timer. You have to kind of, you have to watch it. You have to make sure it's done right. You can't just set it and forget it. Um, so if you want to do that, do that. If you're looking to just say, fuck it, I'm going to fill this pan up with oil and cook them. Good for you, man. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the way to go. That's the way that you're going to get and you're going to ensure that you have a crispy wing They're cooked all the way through and they are the best replicate of what you're going to get at, let's say, Buffalo Wild Wings or Wingstop or wherever you get your wings at. But as far as sauces go for the big game, honestly, walk down the sauce aisle in your grocery store, find a buffalo sauce or a teriyaki or a barbecue or whatever the fuck you want to go with. It's all about what you want. Um, it's all about what you like, you know, maybe text your friends, ask them what kind of wings they want and just buy that sauce. Don't spend all day before the game in the kitchen, sweating your ass off and missing Tom Brady throw three interceptions and Pat Mahomes taking on over to the sunset and winning the Super Bowl. But again, that's a, that's a hot take, but, (laughs) um, yeah, so with Buffalo wings, I think whatever way you want to go about it, just, and again, with nachos too, any, anything you make for the Super Bowl, just remember the biggest thing is have a good time. Make these foods the way that you think that they would taste good. Don't just make them off of a recipe and, and guess, you know, if you, if you have some understanding of flavor and, and, and whatnot, just, just make it the way you want to make it. And again, have a good time. Don't miss the game. Don't spend, you know, five hours in the kitchen, sweating and and losing interest by the end of it, you're going to sit down on the couch. It's going to be halftime. You're going to have some crappy nickel band type band playing, and you're just not going to have a good time with your friends. So um, with that, that is the Super Bowl episode of the Running the Past podcast. Um, thank you guys again for tuning in. I, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you head on over to uh, the Instagram at Running the Past podcast, all the updates for future episodes, YouTube videos, again, they will be coming soon. I promise. I know I've been talking about it. 2021 has not been kind to the Migliori household, so you kind of have to just bear with me, guys. It's coming, I promise. Uh, You can also email at runningthepastpodcast at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or topics for future episodes. um, Let me know there. Or again, DM me on Instagram. I'm always on there. I will reach out and... uh, Yeah. So uh, with that, enjoy the Super Bowl, guys. And uh, I don't know who you're cheering for. In my opinion, it doesn't really matter. The Pats aren't in it. But nevertheless, enjoy yourselves. 
fill those bellies with a ton of food and some beer, have a nice cold IPA for me, and uh, we will talk to you next week. And don't forget to head on over to wherever you listen to your podcast and like, listen, and if you feel like you want to, leave a comment. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.